So you have four streams going at once on that thing. So it looks like, yeah. It looks really good. And then Twitch and Periscope, too? Mm-hmm. Man. Yep. Looks like they're running. <laughs> 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 I need to do a Twitch. Whoa. Uh, Twitch, uh, oh my gosh. Oh, Twitch. Uh, I did a, a Twitch link on the redletterman.com. Oh, yeah. Next to like a little logo thing over there. Sure. Next to Periscope. Let me lock something okay. here quick for us. shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. One nation shall not rise, shall not raise the sword against another, nor shall they train for war again. Isaiah 2.4 Whoa. I can't even remember what I was doing. 
doing here? The glory is getting ridiculous. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Angelic Glory's been absolutely crazy. We've had two feathers at the other house in the last uh, 12 hours. <laughs> Our interns just left town and they left like so much glory in the house, it's crazy. <laughs> I always get excited to go on here. <laughs> Passion translation. And it says there's an update on my mm. my app. Oh. Like that. We got Genesis in here now. No, not yet. Alright. Wow, this is fire. A time of peace. So high in the glory that you're no longer warring. A time where we're planting the Garden of Eden. Jubilee for all nations. We thank you, Heavenly Father, for the heavy, drunken glory touching everyone's brain touching everyone's heart, letting everyone feel and encounter your presence in a powerful and mighty way tonight. Let this same anointing that's in our hearts be poured upon everyone's flesh. Let the power of God be so strong that we can be one in the cloud. Everything that disagrees with the goodness and the glory and the pleasure and the intoxication and prosperity of God, we just ask that it be licked up in the heart and mind. We ask that it be boiled in Ezekiel's kitchen. <laughs> Anything you need to do in us to transition us where you want us, we give you full permission, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, to move in us mightily, to transport, it, transport us, translate us, move us physically, job change, location change, Change everything that needs to change. Shake everything that needs to shake so that we're aligned perfectly with you in our original courses for our hearts and our souls and our bodies as one with you in this world. There's an alignment for your hearts, souls, and bodies to come on the proper course 
and to redeem the times of all things that have been out of course in your lives. That's the times of refreshing that have come from the Lord of glory. Oh, I can feel that thing just... You feel that? Oh, yeah. That's a high glory. I like ministering in this this ether because I I physically feel like disabled and dysfunctional in, in a, a lot of natural ways because the power is so strong you can't even really act normal in this kind of glory like you're different in this glory and it's not a sophisticated glory it's a raw power that's right it's actually a really a humbling glory today that's raw high glory power not to look real smart but just to bring everything into order and humility <laughs> to encounter God's power is most important <laughs> come on He'll do some real strange stuff in the mind to get the unbelief out of the way to encounter power. That's right. So a lot of the strange prophetic stuff that the Spirit is doing all the time to you and the prophets are doing all the time to you is to get you out of your head and get you in your heart and get you in the Spirit. Get you out of the wrong thought patterns. And it takes some really wild stuff to get people corrected and put on course, getting them aligned with the will of the Father. Jesus said, my food is to do the will of the Father. Did somebody go to the marketplace to buy him bread? He was literally getting fed physically by being aligned with the Father's will. When you get aligned, there's an alignment and a straightening and an uprightness happening right now for everyone. Everyone in the whole world is getting aligned. It's totally sovereign. <laughs> and then it will redeem all the times when everything is aligned with the Father's will. We've been given not only a blueprint and a mandate, but we've been given all of the redeemable media of past to help manifest the supernatural into the natural and that's why we're going forth with all the uh, all the old uh, video game themes because there's so much power in it and so much agreement around it already <laughs> that we can bring all of this stuff right into the natural realm you know just like in Final Fantasy where we started it was like there's there's a feather <laughs> that you use in Final Fantasy that's called a phoenix down feather <laughs> and you know what it does it revives you from the dead <laughs> so right now I release my phoenix down feathers over you and raise you from the dead <laughs> mm. <laughs> we've been given all kinds of strategies of blueprints and fun just go at it hard in the glory and to just stay drunk 
<laughs> That's most important. <laughs> so have a drink. Very special mushrooms being released today. <laughs> I, I saw it yesterday too. <laughs> and people think it's a joke, like you're joking around. <laughs> oh, it's just a video game. Oh, they're just talking about psilocybin and cubenzies. Listen, these magic mushrooms in the spirit are more real than video games in the natural. <laughs> and I've seen the one-up mushrooms from Super Mario Brothers. I'm so far gone today that I'm encountering this stuff and then it's like I felt like I already said it into the natural. Because it's so real in the spirit. Like, oh, I didn't even talk about that yet. So you just bring it right out of the spirit and release that one-up mushroom into you. Yeah. No. <laughs> We're here to get high. We're here to encounter the real video games of glory to level up. That's right. <laughs> I mean, this is the real game, the game of life. <laughs> yeah. I remember when the Holy Spirit was transitioning me out of being a video game addict to my real life being like a video game. Mm -hmm. And I used to play a lot of Warcraft 3, Defense of the Ancients. I mean, I'd play like four hours of it a night. I had a clan and stuff with a headset <laughs> way back when, but... The clan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was so fun. But I started to notice the parallels because I would be growing in the spirit and growing in video games simultaneously, growing in the natural and spiritual, and they would parallel themselves. And God would use video games continuously for 20 years, talking to me. I grew up on Atari, I had an Atari 2600, and then I had a Nintendo NES, Super, I mean, every Sega Genesis, every single system, I'm 38 years old, that came out since Atari 2600, I had every single one including the PS4 that I just got rid of a few years ago because I had so transitioned to video games in real life that there was no entertainment value left. I completely sucked it dry in natural video games. And I'm that's the transition. I'm telling you, the glory is going to come so strong <laughs> upon the youth, upon yeah. gamers. Because gaming, it really is a path into the glory. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> the parallels are unprecedented. I mean, it is like a perfect prophetic path. Yep. All the games that I played over the years have rich meaning now in my natural life. So just prepare for all of your video games to become glory games in the natural realm. <laughs> and it's not even cosplay. It's your spirit. That's right. Your spirit levels up. Your spirit eats tomes. Mm -hmm. Like when you eat the Bible, it's like putting tomes into your spirit. And you go, boop, you get a little bigger. You get different battle armor, battle gear. That's right. Putting on the full armor of God, Ephesians 6. And it's not even just to like sound cool or relevant. It's, it's reality. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is what I've experienced for 20 years. The upgrades in equipment as my spirit grows in wisdom. <laughs> you get different helmets of salvation. You get different swords of the spirit. We have, I mean, an armory of different swords and weapons and spears and bows and arrows and, and an arsenal. 
I remember one time that God gave me a few dreams that we weren't even using swords or arrows. We were using literally portable nuclear silos. And this was like eight years ago, you know. I was in a dream, and we had like these nuclear silos on wheels that would go into different regions, and we'd release nuclear holocaust upon cities of the glory of God. And we're going to begin using that again. There's there's battle strategies here that will completely annihilate all the works of the devil, but you'll, you'll find that the weapons of these types of warfare are the fruits of the Spirit. <laughs> there is no greater weapon than love and joy and peace. There's actually realms of love that you can walk in, a depth of sincerity that grips everyone's heart, that melts the hardest hearts. And that's what we need to start walking in and demonstrating, that love actually opens up for the nations to live in the glory of God, in the full wrapping presence of the Holy Spirit, without any religion. One of the main things of the stumbling block of the harvest of the end times is religion. People that come with all kinds of religious ideology, religious information, but they don't come with the glory. They don't come with entering the cloud, the glory cloud. They come with, here's what you got to do, and it's a bunch of works that they put on you that ruins your fun. That's how you know it's not God. Anything that ruins your fun has never been the Lord Jesus in the history of the world. Because that's what religion does. It ruins the fun. Everything that's Jesus intensifies the fun to the point where people go into unbelief where God can't be that fun. The Lord Jesus, the creator of, the, of heaven and earth, can't be that fun. Only the world's fun. But listen, Jesus created the world. The only enemy of true pleasure is Satan and his angels, is sin. So when you start to get revelation of the glory of God and the goodness of God and the pleasure of God and the peace and the joy and the love of God, it removes all the temptations to give Satan the glory, to give the natural realm the credit. Because you begin to see that God is working in the spirit and God is working in the natural and God created the spiritual and the natural both for our maximum enjoyment all the time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that anything that comes against that divine enjoyment is not God whatsoever. So Satan tries to make God look boring to pull you into rebellion. So you got the religious spirit blocking people to divine pleasure that ensnares you into diabolical pleasures that become bondage, bondage to all kinds of sins that have pleasure momentarily but leave you empty inside. So those, those places in, those, in your hearts that need God can only be filled with the Lord Jesus. <laughs> There is such a different realm here today. Mm -hmm. You feel that? Oh, yeah. I've been feeling it. <laughs> <laughs> it's completely different it's than fresh. any other Joel's bar. <laughs> it's like evangelism base of the mountain camp today. <laughs> mm -hmm. Charging up. Oh. Yeah, you know, and this has been a struggle for some of you to really receive the joy and freedom of Christ 
in fullness. Like, come on. But this is the message we've been preaching for a long time. <laughs> but this is it arriving in fullness. And isn't it funny, you know, this whole uh, video game transition uh, theme that we're in right now. Because it was about three weeks ago. What have we been preaching about? The water temple. Ezekiel's water temple, chapter 47. But I want to share this so you guys get a picture of what we're, where we're at, you know. And how... God is weaving himself in with the glory in all things, past, present, and future. And three weeks ago, I asked the Father, I said, you know, what, what time are we in? Like, what, speak through some media or, or something. And he said, the legend of Zelda, the Ocarina of Time, which is, I think we're playing a song from that right now. But uh, anyway, I was like, whoa, that's crazy, because God's been speaking to us about time, about how we're masters of time. He mastered time for us so we can be masters of time and to receive that. And uh, then interestingly, that game has a, a water temple in it that you have to go, go take control of and go reclaim ownership of. And that same day, later that night, Kanye West's new album came out. And all of you are in an uproar. Oh my gosh, you know, Kanye is serving the devil. Are you kidding me? Have you seen that guy's worship? He, he worships harder than anybody on the face of the earth right now. That guy enters transic level godly worship. And not only that, the internet went wild and they said, Kanye, everyone's tweeting him, Kanye, your music ripped off The Legend of Zelda, The Ocarina of Time. They pulled a sample of, of, the, <laughs> of the file and said that, his, one of his songs was a song from The Legend of Zelda, The Ocarina of Time. Now I'm really going to twist your brain. <laughs> because the name of the song in Zelda, that where that uh, sample was ripped from, supposedly, is where the water temple was located in the land of Zelda. And it was in the northwest quadrant of the map. And what is the name of his <laughs> child? Northwest. <laughs> He's a prophet. <laughs> In the northwest is what the tribe of Dan and uh, the strongest of the armies of the living God. And our house is the war house in northwest Minneapolis. <laughs> 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 Oh, there's just so much we could go into that. What we really want to do is transition from war into peace mm. during this time. And even though there will be some stuff going on down below, up above where we are in the heavenly realm, in the glory realm, it needs to be eighth day sowing of the Garden of Eden, garden works. And I'm prophesying to myself because I've been trying to minister out of the eighth day and minister out of the Garden of Eden, out of perfect rest and peace without any warfare for like 13 years. And I can't because I'm continuously attacked by Jezebel and principalities through wicked people around me nonstop all day long every day. So I've used my sword, I've used my shield, I've used my armor tremendously and it's been extremely effective to destroying the works of the devil. But that's not really actually that great. 
I mean, seriously, like using the sword and using the shield, using the armor is wonderful, but use, it doesn't really per- bring forth the perfection of God's plan for this earth. It doesn't. The sword of the Spirit does not bring about perfection. Planting Eden, because all swords will be beaten into plowshares and pruning hooks, that's perfection. When we cease from warfare and enter eternal rest of the eighth day and allow the angels to do all the warring down below under our feet, that's perfection. And so I've seen that for over a decade, but I've never been able to consistently minister from that realm because of how violently we're attacked by the principalities of Satan and his angels and our people are caught up in them and it's just not been possible until now. Now we're going to begin ministering out of the eighth day. We're going to be ministering out of perfect Garden of Eden rest. I'm going to beat all my swords, my Goliath sword, into a pruning hook and a plowshare. And I will cease my warring. Michael the archangel will war for us. The warring angels of the kingdom of heaven will war for us. That's no longer our job when we enter perfect rest. That's the angel's job. It's the truth. Because the highest level in the perfection of ministry is not with sword and shield, not with war, but with garden works, with pruning hook and threshing plow. It's written in Isaiah chapter 2, verse 4. He will judge fairly between the nations and settle disputes among many peoples. They will beat the swords they used against each other into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. No nation will take up weapons against another, nor will they prepare for war anymore. You know what's so crazy is, our spiritual warfare actually produces natural warfare. Our spiritual peace produces natural peace. Mm, And we have become so proficient in spiritual warfare that we're proud of being warmongers in the spirit. But it's not actually that great as what we think it is. It's not. The warrior stuff and the warrior stuff is not as great as you think it is. The, the greatest thing is being a peacemaker, for they are the sons of God. The greatest thing is to be able to remove all the war and the spiritual strife out of each other's souls and have peace and love the Garden of Eden inside every layer of your soul. That's perfection, and that's what we're going to start bringing. So the greatest spiritual warfare is not with sword and shield. It's with the fruits of the Holy Spirit. It's with the rare fruits. It's with Song of Solomon. You take the marriage carriage of Song of Solomon, and you get people fully built up in divine love and entering Sabbath day rest. What does the Bible say about Song of Solomon for those that enter the marriage carriage? It says that the warring angels, the finest warriors of Israel, of the kingdom of heaven, surround that carriage. That you no longer do the warring. That a prince, a princess, a king and queen is enthroned in the marriage carriage, just like God the Father, and empowers the angels around it with the energy of love. (laughs) that's how God the Father is God the Father is on the throne in heaven he's creator of all angel armies 
He's the creator of all the heavens. He's the creator of all the earth. He's the creator of every sun, every star, every moon, every planetary system in the universe. Our Father made it. And by His Word, He sustains it. And by His angels, they keep their orbit. There is an angel assigned to literally every detail of God the Father's creation to, to oversee that it's done perfectly. To oversee that what God has spoken comes to pass. That's what it says in the Psalms, that everything that God speaks, angels do. Is that Psalms 103, 20 or something like that? That everything that the Father speaks, the angels do. So you get into a place of such maturity that you're seated in the Father and you live by the fruits of your lips. And everything you say, angels do. And then your full-time job. Now listen, something you deal with when you preach promised land stuff that's so far above what almost anyone's ever been taught in their Christian lives is they deal with laziness. And laziness is the counterfeit of rest. The difference is life and death. And so most people, when they're infants in Christ and they hear the perfect gospel, the fullness of the garden works and the pruning hooks and the threshing plow, they say, oh, I don't work anymore. That's not true at all. You work harder than anyone because now you're like God. Work unto God and not for man so that you can get promoted. It is written. The issue is not that you're lazy. The issue is that now you're in the river and you're more empowered to do God's perfection and to energize God's perfection. So you deal with a lot of laziness because people don't see what they're called to do in life. Listen, if you're called into media, if you're called into business, if you're called all into all these things in the natural realm, you're still in the marriage carriage while you're working. The difference is you're not doing it in your own strength anymore, but you're doing it in the strength of God. Your spirit's in the marriage carriage, your soul's in the marriage carriage, and your body is on the earth manifesting all of the energy of God to perform the task and the destiny scroll for this time. This is a time of working hard. This is a time of working harder than ever before in the destiny God's placed in your heart. And I see most Christians are lazy. Most people, you know what? Repent and be energized. You'll be so much more fulfilled when you're energized in what God created you to do. Amen. God's created works for you to do. They're called good works. That's Psalms 135. There's good works predestined, foreordained for you to do before the foundations of the earth. You are lovers and your love is the is what empowers your working. So let all the laziness come off. And it's spiritual laziness and it's natural laziness. It's like a, a sluggard spirit, like it says in Proverbs. The, the spirit of the sluggard. It's anti-wisdom. It's, your, it's anti-destiny. And it has all these excuses of false rest and you know false inheritance and why they can't do anything. Listen, the true anointing of God is superhuman energy that mightily enkindles and works within you. Colossians 1.20 There's an enkindling and a working of superhuman energy that will empower you to do works at a Daniel level of excellence. 
It was the excellence of Daniel that got him promoted kingdom to kingdom, emperor to emperor. I mean, because he was the best in the world. This anointing is to make you the best in the world in the sector of the marketplace that you're in. For me, it's media as a priest, it's entertainment, it's spiritual encouragement, spiritual enrichment to, to create a, a world for the mind to, to have the reality and the blueprint of the kingdom for their soul to walk in the face of the earth, to create the kingdom experience for all souls. I mean, that's my job, to, to paint a picture so vivid and clear that people can now live in the glory with their minds tuned into the correct channel, the correct fre- frequency, so that they're not out of course, so that they're not forfeiting their mind to demons living in darkness and delusion and lies. So there is a job that God's created you to do. We do our job. I do my job every day, maximum intensity, 300 sermons this year. Like I work so hard from the time I wake up to the time I go to sleep, maximum, maximum spiritual intensity, maximum content output every single day for years and years and years. That same intensity, you have to put it in to what God created you to do. And it'll be... It'll be completely different than me. And what God's created you to do is your role in the kingdom, which the anointing will make you the best at in the world. The anointed people or the the holy nation of Israel, the Israelites of God, are to be the best at everything because we have the anointing of the Holy Spirit empowering us. We do. It's the power of of God that makes us the best at everything we do. It's a time of Daniel's excellence, and that's what people notice. They notice the details, that you are good at everything you do, that you're not lazy, that you don't cut corners, (laughs) that you're not fake and phony and external, that this is sincere in who you are as a person, and you live it out through and through. People are watching you. Everyone's watching you. Everyone's watching each other. But who will look like God? Who will exemplify Daniel's excellence? Amen? There needs to be refinement in management. There needs to be refinement in business. There needs to be pruning. And this is the pruning hooks of Isaiah 2.4. The Father disciplines me and prunes me and threshes me in the maximum intensity of discipleship every day. It is so strict and so serious upon my life for my entire life for 38 years in the natural with my dad as a drill sergeant in the Marine Corps and in the spiritual in Joel's army for 20 years of the strictest, most serious daily discipleship that's like your, your veins are going to explode out of your neck. And so, and I, and I have to filter that same intensity through gentleness and the fruits of the Spirit upon our people. There has to be a pruning on our people. There has to be a refinement in our in our people. God does not discipline everyone the same, not even close in the Bible. The severe chastisement unto death was for David only in the book of Psalms, only. And from David, everyone got the overflow from his anointing in the whole nation of Israel. People don't like that message, but it's the truth anyhow. It's exactly how God the Father set up the kingdom. And so people want to have a a direct connection with God. Of course you have a direct connection with God. You have a connection to the head of the body. 
People are like, well, we don't, we can speak directly with that. Of course you can. You're inside the body, the body of Christ, the flesh of Christ, but it comes down through the head. The head has had the severe chastisement unto death, the real apostles and the real prophets. But people down below, they don't know anything about being severely chastised unto death. And you bring that intensity, people don't want to hear that. Their lives are hard enough already. So you have to transfer all of the intense discipleship upon our heads into fruitfulness down through the body. Otherwise, they can't even receive it. That's what it means for us as leadership in Christianity to take our swords and turn them into pruning hooks. It's the same discipleship, same intensity, but in the intensity of love and fruitfulness and in gentleness and in kindness. And that way, people will be able to receive Moses's. Listen, Moses came back after the most intense discipleship, 40 years in the wilderness, and people couldn't handle it. They freaked out on him. He was too intense. He was rash. That same discipleship he received was not for the people. It was for him as a leader. And most of you are leaders right now. The intensity upon you has to be completely changed into fruitfulness upon them. And that's what self-control is. If you just transfer the same discipleship you've received into them, you'll physically kill them. They can't handle it. Most people are... Almost nobody could handle what Moses went through. Almost nobody that's ever lived in the history of the world could handle 5% of the training of the Apostle Moses. It's true. They would die. I mean, they would give up. They would die. They'd rather kill themselves than go through 5% of what Moses had to go through. It was so intense on a level of intensity, almost no man or woman will ever know for eternity. Now, The thing about Moses is he was able to transfer it into the people. He'd get it from God and transfer it into the people. Now, everyone receives from God, but it's through the head of the apostles and prophets. In Revelation, they're called the two witnesses. It's the apostolic and the prophetic, symbolized in Moses and Elijah. (laughs) And so that kind of headship will manifest, that will trickle down through all the living. But look for it this way. Religious people do not submit to the head. They pretend like they're Christians, but they reject the head, and they do their own thing, and their head is still Satan. You see them everywhere. They reject the head. They reject the true apostles. They reject the true prophets, and they do their own thing, and they justify it because of some kind of scripture twisting. They've actually come into agreement with demons to murder the prophets. They become aligned with the Antichrist. Many people do it all the time. And the more they're exposed to true Moseses and true Elijahs, exposes their actual loyalty to God the Father and God the Son. As it's written, if you can't love your brother who you've seen, there's no chance you'll ever love God who you can't see. Amen. Especially in dealing with leadership, and God the Father is a leader of angel armies. So if you can't handle the leadership of prophets on earth, you'll be so distant from the prophet God the Father in heaven for eternity. So this is the transition to grow in the prophetic, grow closer to the prophets, grow... And you know what? You might just pop and be used in leadership if you can submit to authority. I myself am a man under authority, and that's how I know you are a man under God's authority, the centurion said to Jesus Christ. 
You recognize the flow of the river. It's the river of authority. It's the river that flows from the throne of God, and there are degrees in the river how much you've submitted to the throne of God and how much you've submitted to the throne of the Lamb and all the wild stuff in the river that none of it can be calculated by the unrenewed carnal mind, so it requires you to always swim by faith, not by sight, and it's always going to get weirder the closer it gets to the throne because that's what the greater glory is. You couldn't ever have had it in the lesser glory. You could never have it in pride. You could never have it in your education or anything you know in the natural realm. The natural realm violently opposes the glory realm. And we've barely even touched the tip of the iceberg of the glory realm, and yet we're know-it-alls. And we can say, oh, obviously that sex glory stuff is the devil. Putting holy place on panties is perversion. And a Red Letter Ministries bikini, man, they're getting weird now. Listen, you haven't seen anything. We're going to get so free that... All the lusts and all of the problems and all of the religiousness and all of the insecurities and, and the hypocrisy that's in us will be exposed and brought to the surface so that we can be our real spirit selves without a mask on, a veil on in the external realm. What we're violently attacking is the veil of hypocrisy, trying to be something outwardly but not dealing with the dry men's bones inwardly because there's no one good except the Father. It's important you deal with this stuff because everyone, every man, woman, and child is a total hypocrite. There is not one that is good. No, not one. No one can say, oh, I'm better than you. Look, and look at that ministry is better than that ministry because, you know, they don't, they don't sell bikinis. They don't sell, I'm high on God, water wizards and stuff like that. Listen, what it does is it exposes the hypocrisy that a person is better than someone else in their flesh or in their soul, Amen. which is actually religious murder and wickedness of the fallen angels. So you go after the fallen angels, expose the hypocrisy, which is what Jesus did continuously every day of his ministry, and then it reveals that, oh, told you, only the Father's good. Grace, grace, grace. Uh-huh, it's a river, it's liquid, you're a bunch of fakes. And you do that every day until everyone gets set free from religion, and then you have never-ending revival. Amen. They live happily ever after. Game to, game over. <laughs> That's how you win. You know what? I think it's important right now that we establish exactly what's taking place here, and that is the setting in the stone of the apostolic government of God being made manifest in the earth, in the north country, through the water temple. <laughs> and this is the time where you're going to see that government completely come forth and release a whole new, a new world order. <laughs> Get all you <laughs> conspiracy theorists freaked out. <laughs> the new world order's coming, folks, and it's not coming by the demonic, it's coming by the hand of God. The glory world order. And it will be a wrestling match. <laughs> The NWO <laughs> from WWE. <laughs> this is all fun and games. The father is enjoying every moment of this. It's so pleasurable to him. He's like, all my enemies are under my feet. There's nothing that can even bite back against me just releasing my glory on the whole earth and watching the whole world melt at how good I am. <laughs> 
Oh, that's true headship. Because he's gone so low that he put himself in everything. He said, I'm willing to get myself into the filthiest things in this earth in order to redeem it. <clears throat> oh, yeah. He is. I mean, that's the priest. The, the imagery of the priest being covered in the animal sacrifice. Taking the saw and cutting open the goat in half, you know, and the entrails and every part of it was burned differently. And some of it was received by the Lord and some of it the priests ate. You know what I mean? The priests ate part of the sacrifice and m m much of it was burnt to the Lord. Understanding the sacrificial system of the Old Testament, I mean, is essential for growing in Christian maturity. Growing in the Spirit of God. Because God is a sacrificial God. I mean... You have to understand these things. I'm, I'm seeing the sacrifices of our hearts and, and the, how intense it is that God the Father, He's the one that gets in and gets the dirtiest in the animal sacrifice. He's right there in the heroin den. He's right there in the midst of uh, the porn industry. He's right there I mean, in the worst smut. He's not separated from it. He's in the midst of it. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Where can you go to escape from my presence, even if you make your bed in hell? And hell, behold, I am there. That was Psalm 139. The Lord is omnipresent, and His power is manifest in the darkest places. I mean, that, that's where He met me. He met me in my darkest, most disgusting filth. There was nothing clean about me, and His power exploded in me and made me clean. So, dealing with the hypocrisy and the disgusting place of our self-righteous hearts is the place we need to put our power, because we all deal with it, until we reveal that there's nothing in us that can please God, obey God, be God, demonstrate God, except God Himself by our daily sacrifice of getting into your own mess, and not focusing on the mess, focusing on God in the midst of your mess and how He daily cleans you up because it's a daily sacrifice. I die daily and it's a, re a reference to the animal being sacrificed every day. Paul was referring to himself as an animal. I die daily. It's called the mark of the beast. I die to my natural man. I die to my mammal flesh and blood. This is mammal, right? You know science? This is a mammal. I don't live as a mammal. I don't live as a chimpanzee. I live as a spirit being that has a soul because I'm a creature created in God's image. If I don't bring the sacrifice of the animal brain and the animal hand, I will live as a reflection of Satan and his angels as an animal manifestation on earth. That's the sacrifice. That's something, you know, most people that have been Christians have still not learned about the new covenant sacrificial system. I mean, we're building the water temple of Ezekiel 47. What's being sacrificed in this temple? The mark of the beast itself, the whole beast system, the whole system of man's brain, the mammal brain, the animal brain, and the animal's hand. For the, the, for the spirit of God's brain, the mind of Christ, and the spirit of God's hand, which is the river of life, to do all the works in the earth. So that our works should cease and desist and stop all their maneuverings in all the world. And that the works of the Spirit of God only remain on earth. And then earth will be exactly as it is in heaven.
Try to tell that to carnal people trained in the beast system. They will weep and gnash their teeth at you. They will literally murder you. They, they will kill you. They will smear your name. If you attack the animal nature and expose that it is a demon set on destroying itself and others, and it is the very curse of the fall, and man's selfishness and pride partnered with fallen angels, they will attack you because it can't be that bad. It's way worse than that. I mean, if you were to look into hell, you would see the fruit of the, of the mammal's brain and the mammal's hand of everyone that did not live out of their spirit and soul in the river of life. So that the river of life would now be released to destroy the animal's works. That's what the days of Noah are all about. It's about destroying the beasts. And the water that comes forth, comes forth through men and women, like Noah, a preacher of righteousness who raised a standard and drowned the world. They get completely slain out of their brain and out of their flesh, to serve God in spirit and truth. It is so holy that we have never seen a demonstration of it in the history of the world. They're called the manifest sons of God. They're people, men and women, that have fully sacrificed their carnal beast nature, their brain nature, and their hand nature. The 666 on the forehead, 666 on the hand. Crucified with Christ, counted as garbage. My ability, my flesh ability, my blood ability as utterly worthless for the sake of knowing Christ in the spirit and letting the river and letting the Father in me do the works. That's the transition from the old world and the old wine and the old wineskin to the new world, the new wine and the new wineskin. In Jesus' name. <laughs> Amen. Amen. <laughs> Glory. Because I hate the works of the flesh. And they always pretend to be the works of God. It grieves me every day, this religious hypocrisy. These people putting masks on. All this external religion, Satan coming as an angel of light, so that people are externally Christian. But then when the glory of Christ touches them, they murder me every day. I mean, it's like nonstop being treated like trash for decades. And by Christians, by religious people who claim God's kingdom, who claim Christ, but have no fruit. They don't even have the river. If you are actually Christian, you would be able to love even higher levels of glory. You think a, a small angel is going to dishonor Gabriel, Uriel, Raphael, or Michael, the archangels? They'd be like, honor, honor, honor. Light gives honor to light. But in fact, these people are not in the light, and that's why they dishonor a brighter light, because they still serve the darkness. Truth anyhow. Repent and get in the river and start serving a greater light called God the Father. And you'll go from glory to glory as you humble yourself and give the Father all your glory and none to your brain in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs> I hate the devil. Mm. Sela and soaked it up for a minute. Yeah. 
So when the spirit cuts you to your heart and you're left wondering, what do I do now? You let the river flow through your heart. The circumcision of the heart is for the river to gush through your heart. The reason why we need to be cut in our hearts with the word of God, (laughs) which is right where we're at, that's right where the body's at, is for the release of the river. When we're disciplined by God, Hebrews 13, it's the evidence that the Father loves us. Mm. And anyone that is not disciplined, corrected, chastised, even scourged, is no child of God. That's what it says in the Amplified Classic, Hebrews chapter 13. Even scourged. Meaning that there is, there is such a rebellious disobedience lingering in our flesh that it is a disservice, disservice and even hatred to a person to not correct them, chastise them, rebuke them, train them in righteousness. The people that love you the most are the ones punishing your sin. The ones punishing your hypocrisy. The ones punishing pride. Listen, that will make your spirit rejoice leaps and bounds. No one enjoys their pride dying. I mean, I still it's still painful for me. This week, there's still stuff just burning out of me on a universal level. And, and it feels like you're dying, but I even kind of enjoy it. There's stuff of the red dragon burning off of, of our universal spirit and we're at a universal level. And it's like mega death. There's death at a universal level. There's death at a solar system level of pride. But we start right where we're at, and no one enjoys it. I mean, I tell you, you can grow as fast spiritually to the point that you can sacrifice your pride. If you're not able to sacrifice pride, you will never grow in the glory of God. You'll become a thief, stealing from other people's humility, stealing from people that can bring sacrifice. That's what the foolish virgins are. They steal the life out of people that bring sacrifice. There's millions of people that don't sacrifice their hearts and take from others because they're cowards. Repentance is beginning to sacrifice your pride. When you hear the word of God, let it cut you and burn up your pride. (laughs) Amen. And the degree you can allow your pride to die will be the degree of your spiritual growth. (laughs) Amen. And the dullness and the slowness and often sickness and disease is because we don't sacrifice our animal pride. It's animal. It's of the beast nature. It's actually satanic in origin. And we cling to it and retain it as a false personality and a false self. It's called double-minded, unstable in all your ways. How could you be double-minded? Oh, I started in the spirit. I have the mind of the, of the spirit. And I tried to finish in the mind of self. Double-minded, unstable in all my ways. So I sacrifice self as an animal sacrifice every day so that the mind of Christ alone can be my intelligence so I'm not a hypocrite. It's a severe message today because we're dealing with severe disobedience, severe rebellion on a level I've never seen before where the disobedience is just out in the open and people are know-it-alls everywhere and they're becoming aligned with the Antichrist, which is anti-glory, anti-freedom. 
Antichrist means anti-glorious freedom of the sons of God. You want to know who's Antichrist? Anyone that opposes us in the whole world. It's, it's true. That sounds wrong. It's the truth anyhow. Take it to the Holy Spirit. Uh -huh. Take it to the river. Those that oppose the sons of God that are consistent, that have proven themselves year after year after year, are actually aligning themselves with demons. They're going off course. They could come back. But I'm telling you guys, I've watched this thing for so long with so many thousands. I watch how the pride demons come and start speaking into their carnal minds and pull them off course to be aligned in the Antichrist. To be aligned in Satan and his angels. The path of destruction is the path of everyone that opposes the manifesting sons of God. And everyone's going to be tested. Every single Christian will be tested. Many have already been tested and failed. It's true. How people have treated the sons of God has already determined many people's fate in this transition into the kingdom age. That they've already made their choice where they will be eternally. They might have the pulpit momentarily in Babylon the Great, the current world system, the current mirage. They have the big mega ministry of the big church. But their hearts have already chosen how close they'll be to the actual throne when the actual throne appears in the water temple of Ezekiel, in the tabernacle of David, in the city of glory. It's true. And these... People are people pleasers. They've watered down the gospel. They've made it acceptable to the masses. They haven't taught and preached holiness. They haven't required perfection. Be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. They teach a watered down gospel that doesn't transfigure the soul so that when people hear the true gospel of the glory of the knowledge of God, they actually blaspheme the spirit of glory upon hearing it because they've been taught by demons a false gospel. The real gospel is the knowledge of the glory, the knowledge of divine love, how to live in Eden while your body is on earth. How to live in the fullness of the Garden of Eden by the river of life while your body is on earth. You see how many people are actually taught the real gospel. It's everywhere in the Bible. A person, but our eyes are so blinded by religious spirits that only by those that are actually walking in it can you even unlock the scriptures to see this truth. We walk in it, so when people start reading the Bible after listening to Brother Ministries, it's like they just came out of the matrix. Like the cables and cords are being pulled off their flesh, and they're coming out of tubs of goo like Neo in the matrix. There's no way. Yeah, the religious deception of Jezebel and her scales are on nearly every Christian in the planet, especially the leaders. The leaders are all right in their own mind. You challenge them with the glory of God. You challenge them with freedom, like basic Garden of Eden freedom, like stuff that's not earthly cultural and actually heavenly cultural, they freak out, manifest, and they'll murder you. They'll murder you because their God has blinded them. The God of this world has blinded the eyes of religious people. They swear to God that they see, but they don't see. What they see is actually through the lens of religion, which is Satan. They see by the eyes of Satan. I counsel you to buy ISAF so you can see. Do you see by the anointing? Do you see by the fruits of the Spirit? Do you see by the river of life? Do you see by the angels that ascend and descend upon your soul as you go from glory to glory? You talk about this stuff, people go crazy on you because they're in Jezebel's false Christianity. 
That whole system is going to be demolished in the lake of fire. The only expression that will remain is the water temple, living water, which is the Garden of Eden on earth. You have to water the garden first, water the seed. You need a new seed that's uncorrupted with the seed of the Pharisees and the seed of Herod. What's the seed of Herod? Politics. What's the seed of the Pharisees? Religion. Can you really have... Find a church that doesn't have Herod and Pharisees in it. Oh, wait, they don't exist because the whole system is about to be buried underwater like the days of Noah. Mm-hmm. So this rising above the flood will be the perfect seed of the kingdom uncorrupted by Herod politics and Pharisee religion and it will plant a new garden of Eden over the flood. God will do nothing inside this old wineskin of Christianity as you know it. Nothing. What, they're pretenders, they're fake, they'll fake revivals, they'll have all the media hoopla, they'll raise $100,000 for their crusades in their foreign nations, they'll do all these works in front of others to look good in front of others, to pretend to have revival, but it won't actually be riding on the floods. It won't be the blueprint of what God the Father's even doing. And that's the danger of the workers of iniquity. Depart from me, you did all this charismatic stuff, but it wasn't in the blueprint of Noah and the ark and the waters. It wasn't the days of Noah. It wasn't the living water. It wasn't the river of life. It wasn't the tabernacle of David. It was all your stuff that you could still cling and retain control of without actually bringing the animal sacrifice. That's what you're dealing with. The beast system of Christianity, the whore of Babylon and her destruction. A Christianity that allows your soul to still be in control of your life. And not the soul of God called the mind of Christ represented in the ark of the rainbow of Noah's ark. A person that lost total control to the glory of God rose on the waters and allowed the rainbow to be their intelligence. The seven spirits of God. In Jesus' name. It's a total different system than everything you know as Christianity in the world. That's right. And the entry level to this blueprint is the drinking of the living water. Come Amen. to the fountain of life and drink. 2,000 years ago is written. Yep. They warned you 2,000 years ago that that's the only thing you needed to do. The book of Revelation was written 2,000 years ago. The spirit and the bride say 2,000 years ago, come and drink. Mm-hmm. 2,000 years later, who has heeded the call to come and drink? This is 2,000-year-old revelation that almost no one has obeyed. That's why it's like the days of Noah, because they don't drink, they don't prepare the ark, they don't prepare for the living waters, they build their little sandcastles, their little pyramids, they're about to be drowned. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what's about to hit the whole planet. Mm -hmm. (laughs) In Jesus' name. Yeah, and you know, it's just like, there's so much spiritual activity in this glory because the glory's been on everything and in everything, but it's the awareness of the glory, the knowledge of it that's coming forth. Why? Because we're starting to see not with the eyes of the beast system, but with the eyes of our spirit and the eyes of our heart being enlightened with the Father's glory. And so this is what's taking place, and I know a lot of you have not even received it or entered it or even tasted it, but you're about to start tasting it. And what you're going to taste is this. God in everything, God in, in created things, and it will your mind will start getting renewed and watered by the way He is speaking to you and everything. I mean, look all day long. It's uh, it's a conversation with God. License plates uh, ha- have divine numbers and scriptures, and literally custom license plates 
from the start of the day to the end of the day, wherever we go out in the marketplace, are speaking to us. Uh, it's it's nonstop. You've seen it on the Red Letter Ministry Facebook group, but it's going to increase in your life. It, uh, b billboards, marketing efforts, like all of it is redeemed and speaking Rama words into you. The words are transforming because words <laughs> words are uh, under the spirit of the Lord. There, there's power in them, and there's like a new corporate gift of tongues in this glory where all things are being glorified and speaking unto God because all things cry out uh, uh, longing for the sons of God, you know, to be manifested and to uh, understand who they are. So they're actually worshiping the Lord and those words want reward for worshiping the Lord. So the power behind them is manifesting under the powerful glory of God to speak to you because then they get rewarded. If a license plate goes by that that was that had uh, uh, inspiration on it and it didn't it didn't hit your spirit, it didn't hit your flesh, it doesn't get rewards. But if it enlightened you to the Father, it gets rewards for worshiping the Father uh, uh, and and getting His creation to to connect with Him. It's mm. it's it's worship. It's 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 public expression mm. and the angelic is activating all of this and that's just a portion of it but this is why songs are being completely redeemed uh things new and old are just completely under this glory because they're it's all crying out and it's all time for it to manifest and it's a beautiful thing and so what you're seeing take place is everything on earth reminding you who you are and what your destiny is and who you are as a son and daughter of the most high Whoa. And all things being redeemed under the precious blood of Christ. I'm not saying there isn't there isn't the third that go into the lake of fire, but I'm saying whatever is redeemable will be redeemed. And that means like, look, I mean, I, I, you know, I had a religious person spewing on me today because I, I you know, that they're exalting the eye of Horus more than they are the power of Christ. I'm like, why are you in fear over Horus, who's a dead god who's worthless and under our feet? He has nothing. Like, and then accuses me of being the one, uh, you know, who's afraid. I said, I'm not afraid of, of, of Horus. I'm not worshiping Horus. You are because you're in fear of him. If you're in fear of him, you're worshiping him because you're not made perfect in love. So whatever you fear is what you're worshiping. You're not fearing God's love enough. You're fearing the satanic order systems of the world, which are corrupting your mind and blocking you from true worship of the Father. So... That's part of what we're entering into too. And so what you need to do is let your, your spirit enter a place with God where you have complete reign and victory, where you can travel into the spirit realm and see you conquering the things with Jesus because he already did all this work for us. But we need to re-remember who we are. And so you re-remember by going and doing it with him. And you just do it until the point where you know you're already in victory and then you feast from that victory in the marriage supper of the Lamb, you enter into the possession that's already yours, and everything becomes joyful noise from then on. And that's where we're at, folks. Like we're entering the the the, the realm of of peaceful uh, uh, love, where where it's just complete uh, reigning and ruling from from the divinity of God and and partnering in the angelic realm, in the spirit realm, and watching things take place and and. You know, as Brandon said, we have to be present to this and we have to step out in faith. Faith without works is meaningless. There has to be works mm. for there to be faith. 
So let your faith be activated in works and let your works be kingdom works. And I speak for those of you who are able to receive it, that the parables speak clearly about the instructions that are hidden in them to activate the kingdom of God because they're the keys to the kingdom. So the spirit realm completely pops open for your life and that you start ruling and reigning as a true son in all things that you've been mandated to do in Jesus' name. Mm. Glory. Amen. How great is our God? Oh my goodness. When you get a picture of how full and big and vast he is and how much he's in everything. Look, he's been laying this foundation for a long time. Look, here's why his glory is in everything. He needed a language with which to speak to you through. He needed to reawaken you from your slumber. So he started planting his glory in all things, especially media. Songs, that's why it's the song of songs. The songs reawaken the bride. Songs, media, uh, those things speak to our hearts. And so the world has been running crazy with it and actually listening to the heart of God and actually letting the secrets of the kingdom be planted within it. Because why? Because they've, they've tapped into their imagination, which is the spirit realm. And, oh, and you say, oh, well, there's dark things, brother. Well, yeah, of course there's some dark things, but the glory of God is so strong that those things won't even have darkness anymore. Mm-hmm. Like it will just be completely washed and cleansed. Yeah. And... But the point is that God is developing a language, a context by which to speak to our hearts. And he put it in us and got us into an agreement. He let, think about this for a minute. He let the darkness have the power to release this, okay? Because God's language was going to birth out of the darkness. I'm telling you, this is exactly what's happening. So he's speaking in all media, video games, songs, movies, TV shows, all of it, okay? And that has developed a grid for him with which to speak through that he can tap into. You ever heard uh, uh, Bumblebee on Transformers where the only way he talks is he starts talking through different songs on the radio that he has? Like that's uh, that's how he talks, you know? It's like, like that's how God is speaking to us. He's going to start talking through all these different movies and shows and releasing the glory of God, the knowledge of God, and the love of God into the full manifestation and, and let us know this is exactly who we are. And I'm telling you, it's not even as much about figuring out who God is as it fig- it's figuring out who you are through Christ and what Christ has purchased for you so that you rise up into the fullness of your nature and ma- spiritual maturity and become the destiny star you were meant to be. Mm. Let springs spring up in your hearts. All these words are to cut your heart for the water to gush in. The word comes in like a sword, and everywhere you've allowed the word to pierce your heart, there'll be living waters. A hard heart is someone that doesn't let the living word in. That's why it's only with preaching of the apostolic and prophetic witness that the kingdom of heaven has ever advanced even a little bit in 2,000 years. So it's all about the word. And the word comes forth in power as a sword. And when the sword cuts the heart, it's for the soil to be laid bare. We'd love to transition to garden works. But if there's a stone in the heart, then there needs to be circumcision. 
There needs to be the circumcision of the sword of the Lord. If all the layers of the soul are full of pride and there's just no room for God in your life whatsoever because you're so filled with self, then you need the sword to divide asunder the soul from the spirit and the bones from the marrow and judge the thoughts and intents of your spirit, of your heart. And you let that sword work in you. And then not just to cut, you know, we're not just masochists here. It's not just beat yourself up, feel, you know, Christianity. That's everywhere. It's for garden works to occur everywhere there's a threshing in the heart. You know, we hear about this word, we need to be on the threshing floor. That's a word going around prophetic circles for decades. The threshing floor. And it's true. I see people's heart hardened every day towards me of ministry for 13 years. Shocking. I mean, it, it never gets old because my heart always gets softer, softer. It always hurts. And it should never not hurt. Because it always hurts the Spirit of God. It always quenches and grieves and resists the perfect Holy Spirit. When a person says no to the word that they know nothing about in their heart and they don't let it in, a word of freedom, a prophetic word, a prophetic act, something that has only the kingdom in mind, but they won't let it in because they're good in their own eyes. Nothing grieves the Holy Spirit more than when we're good in our own eyes and we don't let the word into our hearts to change us, to cut us, to soften us, to turn the soil into good soil. Because only those that have a good soil can receive the perfect word. People actually pollute and poison the soil of their heart and they'll only allow the foul birds seed into their hearts. There are all kinds of groups out there, denominations, little factions, divisions, that are under flesh and not under God the Father, that only allow the words of the demon of that realm into their hearts. You know how many demons are out here? The Bible actually says there's 200 million demons, and every demon will have its own little group. It's true. And then the, every demonized little group will attack the true kingdom company, will attack the tabernacle of David, of course, to their own destruction. Because they'll think they're just like us. We're under a demon. We're under a man. You must be under a demon, which is being under a man. Mm-hmm. Being under a man is demonic. You need to be under God the Father. God the Father is not a man that he should lie. The Father doesn't lie. That's the danger in comparisons when you think you're all the same. All Christians are the same. Are you kidding me? All charismatic, all glory stream, it's all completely different. Different angels, different realms, different apostles, different prophets, different degrees of the Father allowed to be himself to the measure of the freedom of the leader. If a person is in leadership that doesn't have an open mind, like a river, you know, like the sun pouring out of his face in Matthew chapter 11. If you can't allow the sun to pour forth through your face like a river, there's going to be blockages of the river. That man and woman is leading that thing with the demon. Any place the river of life is not in leadership, there you'll find Satan and his angels. Where the body lies, there the vultures will gather. Why is the body lying? Because it's not in the river. Vultures gathered. Why? Because it's not in the river. It's not moving. It's not growing. It's not flowing. It's got the wrong seed. It's got the wrong pastor. It's got the wrong father. It's being fathered by demons instead of God the Father. And you deal with that everywhere in the world at this moment. Everywhere in the world. Any place in the world where the leadership is not the mind of Christ, the rainbow going through their ears. 
the rainbow of Noah's Ark is the seven spirit of God, mind of Christ, has to become the leadership of that realm. And anywhere it's not leading, you're going to have man's leadership out of the carnal mind, which is the seat of Satan and his demons. And that's why we deal with such Christian civil war and why it's just nonstop mess. It is such a mess. I was looking at my post today and I was like, Almost none of the partners I had three months ago are even walking with me. I mean, it's, it's like very, very few could transition with us into this love glory. I mean, just a handful. It's like mostly new people that are even involved with Red Letter Ministries since July. And I'm grieved to the core of my being. I've cried a hundred times. Doesn't change anything. People can't grow with you. They harden their hearts. They get complacent. They won't go to the next degree. Some temptation pulled them into the sand. They're right in their own brains. They murdered the prophets. They stopped growing. They've condemned the next degree of glory. They condemned the glory. They condemned the sons of God. They've had all these excuses why they can't walk with you anymore. you got to keep going. God's telling us the transition is going to be so extreme that it'll be only to the heathen that could even receive it in the future because the whole corruption of Christianity has been leavened by the lump of the seed of the Pharisees and has actually ruined the Christian church to the point where they can't even receive sonship seed. And it's just a total rejection of the new wineskin and the new wine, just like it was in his first coming. Judaism completely rejected the Messiah and murdered Jesus Christ, the leader of that religion. Well, how do they treat the apostles and prophets that bring forth the kingdom of heaven in its fullness? A complete and total rejection of the old system, the old wine, the old wineskin, the church building structure system, the synagogue system. All of that will completely reject it, and God has hardened their hearts like he hardened Pharaoh's heart so that the new thing can come down like a flood. And you're not going to have churches anymore. You're going to have heaven on earth. There's no church in heaven, on earth as it is in heaven. Start with dissolving all your building systems, all your church systems, all your human structures. Everything that can be controlled by man will dissolve to be controlled by God. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I tell you. There's many buildings in heaven, but it's all about who's sitting on the top of the building. The angel or the demon? Who's in charge of it? There's riddles here. There's parables here. It requires wisdom and sometimes great wisdom. All the things we say to you at Joel's Bar for years. So it's constantly misunderstood for a lack of spiritual maturity. So you have to understand, it's not so much about the form as what it is in the spirit. Is it a pyramid in the sand, or is it being built by the river? Did the Spirit build it? Did it? Was it built on the solid rock? Was its foundation stone Jesus Christ at the right hand of God from the victory of having overcome religion on the cross, the works of the law on the cross, and all the self-promotion of the old covenant? of what you do to be saved. Now, it's about what you believe in and experience in the Spirit by yielding your doing to His being. It's huge. It's life and death. That's heaven and hell right there. It's religion or glory. It's witchcraft, manipulation, faking, phony, pretending it on the outside, or it's inwardly the Garden of Eden, inwardly dead men's bones, or inwardly the Garden of Eden. That's the contrast between the sheep and goats, wheat and tare, wise and foolish, and all Christianity right now, and they grew up together. 
They grew up together. When these waters hit, they will be separated. They will, there will be a perfect slice, like a surgeon with a scalpel, right through the body of Christ to separate everything that offends, not you, but God the Father. Everything that offends God the Father will be destroyed in Christianity as you know it. And it's most of the stuff that Christians think is good is what God's about to kill. He will kill it. He will kill it with true love because it pretends to be love, but it's selfish love. It's phileo love. It's still about me and what I can do and what my performance. Look at all my stuff, my little kingdom, my church, my building, my plans, and they put God's name on it, and it's the greatest abomination of all time. It will be completely and totally slaughtered in the floods of Noah. Amen. <laughs> and then you'll have the true expression of who the Father actually is without the goats, the tares, and the foolish who have continuously perverted our Father's house. Amen. <laughs> Glory. That'll get you drunk. That's the sword of the Lord, you know. I haven't beat it into a plowshare yet, but I want to. That's why I'm just kind of putting it out there. <laughs> we still need the Goliath sword, you guys. <laughs> After the flood, it'll be pruning hooks and plowshares. This prepares for the flood. When people hear this sword and say no to it, that person's marked for the slaughter. That person's done. Don't even waste another day on them. It's all about preparing hearts, giving every heart an opportunity to say yes to the flood of God. Yes, yes to the new heavens and new earth. Yes to the garden of Eden. And the sword is the yes or no into their hearts. Will I be circumcised or not of heart? Will I allow the river to carry me into a new world or will I stay in the old? That's what the sword brings right now. Division between the dead and the living upon every listener. That's why it's important that we boost this message, not so that they agree with it, but that they're marked for the slaughter. It will give everyone a chance to come into the river or reject the river, but you will not have the new earth until everyone has felt this sword upon their heart. And then the floods will come. Noah preached 600 years, then the floods came. Why? Because every single person had to hear it on earth. There had to be a mark in their heart where they're like, they heard the righteousness of God. What is righteousness? Divine love. Divine love. They heard the Father's love, the true form of the ferociousness of His fire and glory from His throne. And they decided in their heart, yes or no, and they were marked. It's true. So this message has to go out before we can have Garden of Eden perfection works. And the faster people receive this sword or reject this sword, it doesn't matter as long as they got it, as long as they get hit with it, as long as they hear the tone of my voice, they'll be marked. Guarantee it. Amen. <laughs> Thank you, Father for your justice, for the administration of justice, that you love us so much that you will change this world into the kingdom of heaven where righteousness dwells, so that all the chaos and confusion of Satan and his angels and religion and hypocrisy and pride can be abolished into the lake of fire, and that everyone can have true peace by your righteousness reigning through all souls. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Amen. Amen. <laughs>
Want to share something? <laughs> um, yeah, I kind of. I want to kind of throw a little curveball for the offering today, if that's cool. Oh, sure, whatever. Great. <laughs> um, so for tonight's offering, I wanted to share a message. You know, it's December fourteenth, out of Genesis fourteen, um, and you know we're talking about this time of entering peace and this time of you know transitioning from from warring to peace and and what that looks like, you know. And um, and in Genesis 14, there's all there's all kinds of things going on. I mean, the 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 kings start fighting against the kings, and there's all this chaos in the kingdom, and you know everyone's in in division and, and rivalry, and people are getting you know um, uh, kidnapped. I mean, lot lots taken, right? So there's all kinds of just chaos in in the whole kingdom, in the whole land. And uh, you know Abraham, uh, uh, Abram at the time goes out uh, to, to fight. And uh, <clears throat> he hears the word of the chaos in the land, and, he, and, and how his, how his, you know, his family member has been snatched. And um, it says, when Abram heard that his kinsmen had been taken captive, he led forth his trained men, born in his house, three hundred eighteen of them, and went in pursuit as far as Dan. And he divided his forces against them by night, he and his servants, and defeated them and pursued them to Hobah, north of Damascus. Then he brought back all the possessions and also brought back his kinsman Lot with his possessions and the women of the people. So out of that, out of that uh, uh, conflict and out of the division and out of all the, all the chaos that was being stirred, Abraham went in, and it's interesting that he used night. You know, he, he used the cover of night to go in and take possession. And not only did he take what was stolen, but he actually took back more. He took back spoils for the fight that he went into. And um, th so this is the prophetic scripture. This is out of Job. When you sow to the wind, you reap the whirlwind. How many know that in that time... The, the world was sowing to the wind. They were sowing into division. And so they reaped the whirlwind. And Abram was the whirlwind who came in and took back things uh, out of that chaos and said, I'm claiming this for the kingdom in the whirlwind of God, the Father. Now, after uh, his return from the defeat of Sherdolam, Loamer, and the kings who were with him, the king of Sodom went out to meet him in the valley of Shaveh, that is the king's valley. And Melchizedek, king of Salem, or king of peace, brought out bread and wine. He was a priest of God Most High, and he blessed them and said, Blessed be Abram by God Most High, possessor of heaven and earth, and blessed be God Most High, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. And Abram gave him a tenth of of everything. So what happened there? Abram knew his victory was at the hand of God, but he also knew his victory was secured by the prince, the king of peace, who was Melchizedek. And so he sowed his victory into peace. 
so thereby securing his inheritance and and there's a later exchange which I'm not going to read right now but it talks about how Sodom wants his share of the spoils and and Abram at that point says I give everything to the Lord that you may not claim any uh, anything over me because everything is in the Lord's hands uh, but but the the point is that there is a time of sowing into peace that is open right this moment because we are turning <laughs> our swords into pruning hooks and into plowshares and just allowing them to reap the harvest of the wars that have been fought and to sow into that peace and I'll tell you this I'm telling you right now when you sow in to that king of peace you're sowing in to the victory of Abraham it, it actually, you're sowing outside of the dimension of time. You're actually sowing in and going back and saying, I am sowing into Abraham's victory. I'm sowing into the, because the victory was the Lord's. And I'm sowing into the Lord's victory, the victory of peace for all time, for all time. And so here's what I want to do for, for tonight. I want to I bless you with that same prayer. Those of you who have, have had all this chaos come against you, you've had all this division stirred up you've had uh, 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 things taken from you and, and it's time for you to go get them back and it's time for you to, to, to obtain from the realm of the kingdom of peace in fullness so I bless you by the God most high possessor of heaven and earth and bless, bless you uh, by the God most high who has delivered your enemies into your hand in Jesus name so what we're going to do right now, while you pray about your giving today and what you want to sow into peace, we're going to do uh, a quick intermission to let you go give. And then when you come back, we're going to do some victory celebration worship. Because <laughs> we kind of went right into the message right away. And I feel like we just need to close with a couple songs of, of celebration. Uh, so, so go to redlettermin.com. And uh, we'll, we'll take a five-minute break from the broadcast here. We'll keep the stream up, so come back to the stream. And uh, uh, go, go to the donate link or the partner link where there's uh, several options available. Um, if you want to give in on YouTube, there's a comment with the, the, the Streamlabs link, which will put it right on the screen uh, and show your name. And you can write a short message of uh, what you're claiming today from the Kingdom of Peace. Amen? Amen. That's so good. Alright, we'll see you guys in five minutes. Mm.
Shadow Temple. That's the name of the Zelda song. Wow. Yeah. It's with Mammon that's been in the Shadow Temple. Get your souls in the correct orbit. We've been orbiting around a lot of other stuff that's not the fullness of the Father's throne. I see Revelation chapter 7, where who are these multitudes beyond number? These are those who come out of the Great Tribulation. What are they doing in Revelation 7? They're orbiting around the throne of the Lamb. There's the correct course for your soul. When you hear and obey the Spirit word that adjusts your soul into the course that God created your soul to move on, the course of life, the path of life, the path of righteousness. Every soul is meant to walk on that path. The fact that so few do is because we're orbiting around false gods. The main one is the God of this world's money. You cannot serve God and not sacrifice money. It's not possible. You'll serve one God or the other. You have to bring sacrifice of finances. It's in every single book of the New Testament of the New Covenant. Do not harden your hearts in the time of giving into the water temple. The temple is being constructed. This is the time to give more than ever before. And we have taught you accurately the things of God since the creation of this ministry by God's own voice. And we're telling you accurately, this is the time to build the water temple of Ezekiel, to establish the tabernacle of David, and to party in the marriage carriage. And you can only do that with open hands. You have to bring all your whole life your whole natural life into the river and trust the river to steward everything and bring increase. Bring increase by the fruits of your lips and not by the sweat of your brow, which is a greater and more perfected work. It's actually the excellence of Daniel to be perfect in all your works, perfect in all your acts, perfect in righteousness, perfect in the course and the orbit of your soul around the throne of Jesus Christ. That's what we want for everyone. That's why we bring such a strict word, because it will completely restore your soul around the throne of Jesus Christ. That's what we want for everyone. That's why we bring such a strict word, because it will completely restore your soul around the
the sword of the Lord will open up your heart and soul in every area for greater glory. Every area you've let the word in now. The sword of the Lord open up your heart and
that first and then get some nice afterwards.
We'll be back again here tomorrow, 5.30 p.m. Central Time. Be blessed. Have a glorious evening. Amen.